Welcome to Granite's Edge, a Republican-led legislative action program bringing information to our residents of Pelham and New Hampshire. News about legislation that's happening right now in our state capital of Concord that will affect you. Why are we called Granite's Edge? Our small town of Pelham, New Hampshire is located on the southern border of our wonderful Granite State, so we're right on the edge. And as all of you know, that edge is exactly what we have over others. Granite's Edge. In this program, we'll take a dive into some of the most important legislation of this session. We'll talk to legislators about the challenges in our state and about the committees they serve on. And every month, we'll have a special guest, someone who's an expert in their field who will bring you the truth about important topics that are linked to important legislation that may affect your liberty and freedom. Your host today is Herschel Nunez, an elected state representative right here from Pelham, New Hampshire who thinks it's important that you know what the legislators know. So stay tuned. We have a great show for you today. Hello and welcome back to Granite's Edge. It's been a long time since we've seen all you guys or since you've seen us. As we've moved through the health crisis that's come to the nation and into our state, we've not been able to come back to our wonderful town hall of Pelham here and uh, give you any legislative updates. Uh, however, uh, we're back in action, and I'm glad that we're back in action because today I have a very, very special guest. Today with me is the Republican leader, Mr. Dick Hinch, representative from Merrimack. Dick, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. I am thrilled to have you on our program today. Uh, we uh, have been working together for a couple of years now. Um, I met you in the candidate season. Uh, in 2018, right. uh, I was, uh, uh, the way we met was sort of indirect. I was invited to sit at your table at the Lincoln-Reagan dinner, and you weren't able to go. So I sat at your table, but you weren't there. So you replaced me. Uh, well, uh, there were several people that were there. Uh, I was with the, 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 all the, the ladies that uh, make trouble. Yes, uh, I know them well. Uh, yes, they're all wonderful ladies. <laughs> Uh, and a few other folks that were at the table. Uh, we had a wonderful time, and I really appreciated being able to sit at the table and go to that dinner. Although I was looking very f much forward to meeting you, oh, thank it, you. it didn't happen. <laughs> uh, but I did get to meet you later on. Yes. Um, uh, of course, uh, you won your election, I won my election. Uh, you became the leader of the Republican Party, uh, and your official title is Republican Leader. Correct. Correct. Okay, well, why don't you do me a favor and say a few things to us about you and where you're from and uh, so that people can get to know you just a little bit. Okay, thank you. So, um, as you said, I'm, I'm from Merrimack, which is uh, District 21, uh, Hillsborough County. Um, I've been in the House now. I'm finishing my sixth term, heading into the seventh, if God willing, the, uh, the uh, residents of Merrimack vote me in again. Um, and uh, I was the uh, majority leader um, for three years. I was the majority whip for the year before that. Um, and then for the last two years, I've been the uh, Republican leader, um, also known as minority leader. But I don't like the word minority leader. I like Republican leader and, and uh, so. Uh, but and, uh, and I know that we all went through a change on that. We, yes. We, we all agreed that it should be Republican leader. That's right. That's uh, right. And uh, and I like that better too. Yes, and it is at both sides. You know, when the Democrats are in the minority, they 
do the same thing. It's, They'll be the Democrat leader. Democrat leader. Yep. And, uh, yep, so. uh, and we've gone through a, a couple of uh, years here of, of, of tough bills and tough uh, situations in the House. Yes. But I don't think that anything came up as tough as what we faced this year. Now, you're a guy that originally came from if I'm Marblehead, Massachusetts, is that that's right? right? That's right. Went to college down at Salem yes, State. Salem State, uh, yeah, and, and North Shore. North Shore Community College, right? Beverly, yes. Uh, and uh, when, did you, when did you move to New Hampshire, and when did you decide to get into politics? Um, so I moved to New Hampshire uh, 26 years ago, um, and uh, I actually started off in politics uh, in the town of Merrimack um, on the budget committee, and I served as the vice chairman of the budget committee. Um, and I also was on the Zoning Board of Adjustment. And then I uh, became a, a, a selectman, um, and I was actually the chairman of the Board of Selectmen for three years. Um, um, got off the Board of Selectmen, and um, Maureen Mooney, who had served, I think, three terms in the House, maybe four, um, was um, coming off uh, and going on to a new venture. Um, and so uh, she... Uh, reached out to me and said, would you like to run in my stead um, representing Merrimack? And I said, sure. And so I was elected. And, and interestingly enough, Maureen is going to be coming back this year. Oh, so, how nice. Yeah. Yep. How nice. So, yeah. I, I know everybody will look forward to that. Yes. Yep. So uh, in, in the whole tenure that you've been uh, in the legislature, have you been faced with the situation that we've been faced with this year? And I'm talking about not just about uh, us being in the minority or, um, or having to deal with, you know, whatever kind of bills we have to deal with, but we actually ran into a health crisis this year. Yes, we did. Yep. Uh, and, and actually, um, before that, um, the larger question is when, when Republicans were in the majority uh, and when I was the majority leader, majority leader serves at the pleasure of the speaker, um, there wasn't as much animosity between, you know, Republicans and Democrats. Um, we treated them uh, with a great deal of respect. I stopped by the uh, Democratic office every single day, every day without failure, um, and, uh, and said hello to everybody and just went on my merry way. But uh, I wanted to make sure that I was reaching out. Um, the same hasn't happened. Um, it's it's been a difficult couple years. of years. Yeah. It has. Yeah. It has, and and there, you know, even the uh, composition of the Democrats has changed, and there's a lot more infighting within their caucus, mm -hmm. uh, and there's a lot more um, struggles, if you will, um, uh, that that they have to control as well. Um, uh, I'm I'm fortunate. Um, I assembled a a great leadership team yes you did um, it was uh, and, and no one does it on their own the the successes of this year are not dick hinch the successes are a team effort uh, that came about and and uh, i i call them the um, sometimes i call them the crazy seven sometimes i call them the <laughs> magnificent seven but you know we have a great leadership team and and uh, i made sure that i reached all of the little all of the different um, segments if you will um, of our caucus to make sure everybody had a had a uh, a voice and a seat uh, and an important part at 
at the table. Yeah. Uh, you know, I yeah. think, and I think that the, the Republican caucus appreciated the fact that everybody was represented. Yep. Uh, whether whether you were more of a mainstream Republican establishment or if you were a moderate that sits closer to the left yep. or if you were a person who believed in liberty and freedom first or whatever, whatever that exactly. was, if you were the conservative ultra-religious right, uh, everybody was represented at the table. Yep. And that was, I, think it, I think it worked very well. Yeah. It yep. worked very well. Yeah. It's, it's a great team. I'm, I'm blessed to have each and every one of them. And, and, and they all do... Uh, different things, um, and they bring different uh, qualities uh, and, and different voices to the table. And, and, you know, as you know from sitting in caucus, I wanted to make sure the caucus felt like it was a family um, and there wasn't infighting. Well, of course, you know, there's fights well, we in discuss, families. We yeah, discuss things. We discuss yeah. things. Sometimes, uh, sometimes we get heated a little bit, but it's because everybody has passion about what they're doing. Exactly. It's not because anybody's mad at another person. That, no, no. It's, it's just because they're trying to prove a point. Right. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, and as you know, um, you know, any uh, positions that we took, um, I really put it out to the caucus and said, okay, tell us how you feel. And on a number of occasions, we took votes to see, you know, are, are we all together on this? Mm -hmm. uh, are we are we marching in the same direction? And so, um, and that's an important an important uh, aspect of of you know what we've done this year. Now, uh, your original question was what happened on um, March 11th and 12th. Yeah. If we yeah, we're, if, we're well, let's get into that. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, while we've while we've gone through this entire term for the past year and a half to almost two years now, um, you know while we all learned a lot and we all stu stuck together yes i mean there was an amazing republican caucus yes we ran into this health crisis yes uh this this covid 19 pandemic and i think that some of the some of our viewers out there may have some confusion as to why the steps were taken to close down the legislature the procedures that we had to go through mm -hmm. not only to 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 allow the time away, but to plan for the time to come back and how we were able to come back. Right. So I want to take us back to March 11th and 12th when all the decisions were being made. Right. We had a very grueling last day. <laughs> I believe we were there until 4 o'clock in the morning. We were. Uh, getting through all of the work that had been bottlenecked up, yep. that had not been delivered to the House, right. that we fought to have the bills reviewed and heard in the House so that our constituents would know that we were not pushing the work of the people off to the side. That's right. Now, yep. we had to do a suspension of the rules. And I wanna, I wanna start into this here. Uh, we were at lunch, and it was a late lunch, or late yep. dinner. Yes. It was a late dinner. Uh, we were at dinner, and we, we left the chamber, and we went down to the cafeteria, yep. and we sort of shut all the doors up, and we had a caucus. Right. And uh, yourself and the other leadership members were there. Right. And you made, a, you made an announcement to us mm -hmm. and said, we need to vote on suspending the rules. Right. Now, tell me so that they'll understand Tell me why we needed to suspend the rules. Yep. So um, during the day, um, as you probably saw, um, there was a, a, a steady uh, path that I was uh, walking 
to uh, meet with the speaker. Uh, he and I probably met, uh, uh, you know, six, eight times during the day. Um, and, you know, in the beginning it was to explain that there was this very real possibility, um, I mean like 98% likelihood that we were going to have to close down the legislature, you know, within the next several days, which in fact did happen. Mm -hmm. And so uh, in order to deal with um, the exiting from the session that we were in, but also a, uh, an entry back in, uh, in an orderly fashion, um, it required a suspension of rules. And so the House is, uh, is um, uh, run by rules. The rules are established by us as legislators. Yes. And, and interestingly enough, the rules when they're established are actually done by a majority vote. So establishing rules, I mean, you can really, uh, if you take advantage of the situation, um, or make it uh, an advantage to your side, uh, it can be, become a problem because it is a majority vote. Mm -hmm. So those in the majority can prevail. But when you do a suspension of the rules, um, that means that now you, the, the level um, is much higher and it requires two-thirds present and voting. Where a simple majority is 50% plus one. 50% plus one, right. present and voting. And that the present and voting is, a, is an interesting uh, anomaly because even though there are 400 members of the House, um, on any given day, there isn't 400 people present for session. Right. Uh, it, it is not abnormal to have 15, 20, 30 people out for various reasons. It can be important business, it can be sickness, it can be death in the family, a number of mm -hmm. excused absences. Um, so it's present and voting. So to suspend the rules, it takes two-thirds present and voting. So the majority party can't do it by themselves. That's right. They have to come to the minority Unless party. they have a supermajority, but that is not what we have in, in our house exactly. right now. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. Um, and so um, it, um, the only time the minority is even able to perform certain ways with parliamentary procedure without getting overly complicated is when you have uh, the need for a two-thirds uh, vote. And then they have to come to the minority to get us to um, embrace what needs to be done. Now, so now, now you guys, you, your leadership team and the Democratic leadership team with the speaker all got together to talk about the impending that's crisis correct. that we were going to be going that's through. That's right. Okay. And during that meeting, uh, and it started off with just um, myself and Sherm Packard. Sherm is the deputy Republican leader. So it was just the two of us in that meeting. And then coincidentally, you have to include the Senate in the conversation as well, because now you're talking about the general court. And the general court is both the House and the Senate, okay? Mm -hmm. Executive is to the side. Um, and so we met and, and uh, thrashed around the, uh, the scenario, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, I get called into a meeting with the Senate leadership. Um, and, and I made it crystal clear to both the Senate leadership and the House leadership um, that the only way I was going to agree to suspend the rules 
uh, and convince my caucus to do that uh, was under certain conditions mm -hmm. um, because I wanted to make sure that the minority views were represented as we exited and as we entered again. So the language was crafted, crafted that said that um, um, the, the schedule would be, uh, the new schedule would be adopted with the consent of the Republican leader, the minority leader. Mm -hmm. um, they couldn't do it willy-nilly on their own. Um, and that was very important because that verbiage was not in the Senate version. Uh, what was in the Senate version was, uh, was a, a little different. It was with the, um, uh, with the advice um, of the Republican uh, Senate leader. It was not with the Does that cause a conflict? When they I were this, able the to Senate has their own thing. They yeah. have their own things going on. Oh, yeah. We have our own thing that's going on. That's right. Yeah. And so the Senate um, works under totally different rules than the House. Um, and, and we have a lot more um, restrictions, if you will, with our rules than the Senate does. Uh, and that's just the way it's always been. Yep. Um, so um, I made sure they included in there that it was under the advice and consent of the uh, minority. Um, and so everybody said, okay, and, you know, shook hands and, you know, kumbaya and all that. Mm -hmm. So then I presented it to the rest of the leadership team. And then we all, as you know, came down and presented it to the caucus. There were a number of questions from the caucus. Why are we doing this? You know, what happens if they don't live up to their promise? Mm -hmm. You know, things like that. Yes. Um, and you know, it was my job to think of it on the positive side, even though I had some apprehension. Mm -hmm. you, you have to think on the positive side that uh, people and, are and honorable. And I believe that many people yeah. had a few doubts, but we also right. had to understand, I believe, that, that there was a pending health crisis that yes, could come. that's right. And it did come. And it did come. Yeah. And we were, and, and, and interestingly enough, when we came out of session, as you know, on the morning of... Friday the 13th. Yes. Because we were in session Wednesday, Thursday. That's Didn't right. come out until 4 a.m. on the morning of Friday the 13th. <laughs> That's a, a day to remember. Yes. Um, two days later, then all of a sudden, the, the crisis was at a point where, in fact, the legislature and the state um, was subjected to the uh, stay-at-home order um, and, and a number of, of um, executive orders then followed. So, um, so now you have um, the, the legislature, both House and Senate, is out of session. Mm -hmm. During that time, the expectation was that there would be um, a very, very aggressive interfacing between the Speaker and, and the Democratic leadership team and the Republicans, mm -hmm. um, because that was the agreement. Right. Well, that didn't happen didn't happen. Um, I would, um, you know, ask Sherm um, to, because he did uh, the majority of the interfacing with the speaker, and I would ask him to check with the speaker and find out when he's going to do this or when he's going to do that or how we're going to do this. Um, and he would have, uh, you know, a very brief conversation and the speaker would say, I don't know. I haven't talked to the Senate president yet. And that went on for days and days and days and days. And I said, okay, wait a minute. Uh, something's wrong here. Mm -hmm. We need to be able to establish a schedule 
where we're able to properly vet the bills that have come before us. Because the expectation from our constituents is that the legislature is still going to attend um, uh, and vet and act upon every bill. Um, and so it's like, you know, how are we going to do this? And then there was the different conversations about, you know, remote public hearings and remote sessions and things like that. But well, that, that didn't come until a few weeks later. That's right. After, after we were out for possibly a month. It, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And uh, during that time, th th my frustration level grew. I, I mean, I had. <laughs> I, I can had, imagine. Uh, yeah. yeah, I just about had it because, uh, you know, representatives like you and others were calling me saying, hey, Dick, what's going on? You know, when are we going back? How are we going to do this? It's like, I don't know. Uh, and that's, I don't know is, is a terrible answer to give to a legislator. Um, and so, you know, we tried to navigate through the whole thing and figure it out. Um, and, and it just, as it came to pass, um, um, we, we were under the realization that they weren't going to live up to their agreement. Um, that there was not the participation, you know, with the, um, uh, you know, with both leadership teams. Mm -hmm. um, yes, there was a phone call here and there that happened between Sherm and the speaker. Yes. Um, but then there was supposed to be, uh, you know, even a, um, and this gets a little complicated, but there was supposed to have been an exchange of, of thoughts from the ranking members and the committee chairs um, uh, of what bills um, would be of a priority nature and should be brought forward and handled and things like that. Um, and that happened uh, only to um, a, um, uh, a very minor degree. Um, there's 22 committees and candidly um, there was 10 committee chairs that reached out um, and said, you know, I'm going to um, recommend that these bills go forward, et cetera, et cetera. Um, others asked for advice. It, w it really varied. Mm -hmm. um, and oftentimes it was based upon a relationship that had been established for years working together mm -hmm. and, and in a collegiate fashion. Um, and for others, the other 10 committees, there was no communication at all. Oh, and I put a press release out and called him out on it. Yep. Uh, and the day after the press release came out, all of a sudden, six more chairs <laughs> <laughs> reached out. That's the way it works. <laughs> That's the way put it works. Put a little works. pressure on them. That's right. Yeah. Um, and uh, and meanwhile, you know, of course, they're trying to throw it all on Republicans and saying we're obstructionists and all this. And it's like, oh, wait a minute, we're not trying to obstruct. We're trying to live up to what the agreement was. What is wrong with that? The, the, the agreement, from the way that I understand it, from what you said, is that the two sides should have been working together to create Correct. and establish the schedule that would be developed throughout the time away to give us entry back into the legislature when everything cooled off. That's correct. Absolutely correct. Um, and that schedule includes public hearings, because the public gets an opportunity to come in um, and to um, uh, um, voice their either their support or their non-support uh, for legislation and tell us, you know, what, where they're at with it, where the warts are, if you will. This is part of the rules. Part of the rules. Part of the rules says that the House creates bills and here's the bills. 
the Senate creates bills and hears the bills, and then we have a crossover point yes. where the Senate's bills come to the House and the House bills go to the Senate. Correct. And during all of this process, it's done so that each side of the legislature can have public input yes. to help those committee members determine how they feel about those bills that come through their committee that is to correct. send the type of notification to either the House or the Senate on what has happened with the bill inside committee. Should it be spoken to on the floor? Is it going to go on the consent calendar? Yep. Has, it been, has it basically been killed or is there mm -hmm. going to be a debate? Yep. Uh, and we have to plan for all those things. That's right. That's right. And the public hearing process, um, and, and uh, I should uh, backtrack a little bit by saying every piece of legislation gets a public hearing in both the House and the Senate uh, if it's brought forward by the body. Um, and, and that was the other problem because we reached crossover for House bills, uh, which is the time that now you load these bills onto the train and they take a ride to the Senate. Right. Um, and um, the Senate was doing the same thing. Well, the Senate still had 26 bills that they had to deal with. Um, we had finished uh, most all of the, of the House bills. I think there was just a couple left to go. Um, and so, but now it's like, how do you act upon uh, those Senate bills to come over and establish a schedule now for public hearings and for what's called the exec session, which is when the committees now deliberate the merits of the bill and vote. And then you have um, the House session where all of the bills um, are acted upon. And even if a committee, um, recommended killing a bill, the House still has to adopt that recommendation or flip that recommendation. Right. So every piece of legislation gets a public hearing, gets an exec session, and gets some sort of action in On the House. both sides of the legislature. On both sides. Well, if... That's if, not exactly how it worked out this year, though. Right, right, right. <laughs> if it's a House bill and it's killed by the full House, after public hearing and executive. Then it doesn't go over. It doesn't go over. Right. Okay, it's, it's, that's it. You put a fork. And same with them. That is correct. Same so, with them. So, um, so we come to this point where, okay, now we have to have a, a meeting of the minds between the Senate and the House. Um, we didn't have a voice in that because um, it was done by the majority. And, um, who, who made an agreement that we would be sitting at the table for those decisions. That's correct. But they sort of cut us out of that. That's correct. Yeah. Um, and so um, that's where the quote omnibus bills came from. So, um, um, it, or uh, Christmas tree, whatever, whatever nomenclature you want to yeah. use. Load it up. Uh, yeah, and, and <laughs> so you can take, um, and, it, and it is perfectly within the rules to do it, um, but you can take a bill um, and the other body is in the possession of that bill and they can put other bill lang under other language from other bills on it calling it an amendment yes and then it comes over and now all of a sudden you have a singular bill and all of a sudden that, that 26 might have been a, it might have been a page and a half long and now it's 150 pages long bingo yeah. absolutely right um, and we didn't get to see them that's correct Yes. And that's correct. And so uh, those, those, the Senate bills that were attached, 
the House bills that they attached him to, we saw and acted upon. But the Senate bills themselves did not have a public hearing or an exec session in the House. Now, let's they did in the Senate. We're gonna, we're gonna, let's talk more about these last two sessions that we had in June. Yeah. But I, I want to lead up to that because with, with the new restrictions, with the, the new restrictions that were placed not only on businesses but also on the state and the legislature, we right. had restrictions placed on us as well. Right. We could no longer meet in the House chamber because it wasn't considered safe for all of us to be sitting next to each other the way that we sit next to each other, auditorium style. That's correct. And as a matter of fact, we couldn't even sit in committee rooms to have public hearings because of the lack of social distancing and precautions that way. So we were unable to have public hearings because there was no uh, venue that the majority came up with. I have my different thoughts about that. I had a few thoughts about how it could have been handled as well. Yes. Now, if this ever happens again, let's get together. Oh, yeah, I think absolutely. we can work it out. Yes. I, I mean, <laughs> committee, committee hearings could have been done socially distant. You can do it in the, in the uh, uh, representative's hall. Yes, and, absolutely. Okay. Uh, so that was a lame excuse. Um, but anyway, having said that, um, so the legislature was you know, was at a standstill. Um, we for could, months. For months. We could not operate. Then people were saying, why can't you operate? Well, we couldn't operate because we were under the restrictions. Of the of, emergency orders. Of the emergency orders. That's right. That's correct. So then finally, uh, it was determined that we could meet um, in the Whittemore Center at UNH as a legislative body of the House and be able to do it um, on the floor of the rink um, and still be able to be socially distant and have all the protections and stuff like that. Um, and so that's when we fast forward up to June 11th. Yes. Meanwhile, the Senate, which is uh, composed of 24 members, they could meet um, in our chamber, uh, chamber yep. Reps Hall, and still uh, be very much socially distant and have all of the the uh, uh, appropriate safety precautions and things like that and so they did so they met in in reps hall and we met at the whittemore center um, but then because um, they did not um, live up to their end of the agreement there was a suspension of the rules once again that was necessary um, and Republicans, rightly so, said, wait a minute, you didn't make us part of the process, and now you're expecting us to just, you know, go along, to come along, and, and we're not going to do that. Um, uh, we we ain't, uh, um, looked forward to a level of participation that didn't happen. Right. Um, and so, once again, we were accused of being obstructionist, obstructionist yeah. and uh, they love that that label um, and so uh, the bills that we weren't able to act on uh, to finalize crossover which was you know as I said the 23 bills that were house bills that were remaining mm -hmm. um, they ended up um, uh, not being acted upon that day because we didn't adopt the schedule 
because the schedule when you suspend the rules and it gets a little complicated but the schedule now says that you're going to um, establish a, a cutoff for public hearings exec sessions and you're going to waive all of that as well too mm -hmm. and uh, so we we, vo we voted not to suspend the we rules. We voted not to suspend the rules. We, we stood our ground. Mm -hmm. It was the right thing to do. I, I uh, believe it was the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, because of the history of this term. Right. Not, not just because of the, I'm not going to blame it on just because of the lack of participation that they should have offered to our party mm -hmm. during the restructuring of how the, the legislative sessions would continue. But because of many, many other items that had happened during the term, I brought all of that into consideration for my vote. Uh, there are other times where we needed to suspend the rules that we didn't like what happened. So if I saw a pattern of them saying one thing and not doing and when this last, this last time, when, when March 11th and 12th happened, when we went through all of those bills that we could have heard previously that they bottlenecked into the last days before crossover, it was very bad management. Um, uh, when, when, we, when we got to there and we suspended the rules that one last time and we all knew that there was a health crisis that was coming and that there was a very big possibility that we were going to get shut down anyway, so we needed to take care of business. This is actual business, house business, uh, housekeeping that needed to happen in order for us to be able to come back. Now, when we got back to our last session, which was on June the 30th, right. the only thing that we could hear was the concurrent bills Correct. because we did not suspend the rules on our June 11th session. Correct. Okay. So there are, um, uh, as part of the rules, there are deadlines to uh, have public hearings and act upon bills. We didn't suspend the rules. We didn't agree to suspend the rules. So the only action we were then able to take was what's called concurrences. Concurrences don't have a deadline to them. Uh, the, you know, you can have a concurrence come up in September. Um, so um, the uh, Democrats used that opportunity to just decorate the Christmas tree and put all sorts of bills that we hadn't acted upon onto a bill that we had acted upon, therefore as an amendment, and that goes back to your original comment about a two-page bill turned into a 120-page bill, right. and that then becomes a concurrence. Well, a concurrence is simple majority vote. Um, it, it's not two-thirds. There is no suspension of the rules. It's just a simple majority vote. So they just rammed through all of these bills um, that had the omnibus bills attached to them. It was a concurrence. So whatever the majority wanted, they got. Now, they, they can do this, uh, interrupting yes. you, they can do this because their Senate Rule 317 says that as long as they've heard the bill in the Senate and have had an ought to pass on that bill, they can add it as an amendment to any bill that's being sent back to the House. Absolutely correct. That's and right. and yes. um, a lot of uh, our fellow representatives, our colleagues, people that we trust very much and, mm -hmm. and admire very much, 
had questions about constitutionality of this process. Yep. And I contacted you right. and also contacted the clerk of the house. Yep. Uh, and you guys gave me some really great information. Yep. Um, and what's been determined here, I think through the discussions with you, is that none of it was unconstitutional. None of the proceedings were unconstitutional Correct. because we followed our house rules and the Senate followed their house rules. Correct. And through their house rule, through their, through their rules, they can send to us what their rules say they can send to us. That's correct. And yeah. we either like it or we don't. Right. And, and that's absolutely right. And, and this is not new. It's been going on for years and years and years and years. Um, the Senate um, produces and, and uh, lives by their own rules. The House lives by its own rules. The House rules and the Senate rules do not have to be in sync. They can be very much opposite. Um, the, the only difference that we ran into was that the presiding officers um, agreed to the fact that there would be no committee of conference. And a committee of conference is, uh, um, is a scheduled event that happens when there's a difference between the language of the House bill and, and that of the Senate um, bill because they may have amended it along the way. And then you go to a committee of conference and you, and you navigate through that and... Sort of working out the differences. You work out the details. And then you bring it back. Right. That didn't happen. And, and that's because the presiding officers have the ability to make that determination. That's correct. That's right. So without having... Again, because, not to interrupt you, yep. because concurrences don't follow a prescribed schedule that's established established by rule. Okay, so one one more question about the constitutionality efforts yep. in this. Um, because we did not agree to suspend the rules, there was no way for any of for a schedule to be built or pushed out right. to make hearings for the bills that were being sent over to us. That's correct. So uh, when, when we had colleagues from either side thinking that the proceedings may have been unconstitutional, we followed the results of the proceedings in the House chamber, which was at the Whittemore Arena. Right. Uh, we followed the, the, the way the, the, the House rules work. Uh, we did exactly what we were supposed to do and, and then followed practice. the results of that, and it was all 100% constitutional. And past practice. And past practice, yes. yes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was. Um, and there may have been some, there were some, that thought that it was unconstitutional, but it wasn't. Um, and, you know, House rules are very defined um, in, you know, what you're able to do. And past practice helps to define that as well, too. Yes. So. Yes. Um, and also, I don't know if a lot of people understand this, but House rules also sit aside from statute. Mm -hmm. Our rules cover the way we operate, not Correct. statute. Correct. Statute falls down in the list. Yeah. Uh, there, are many, there are many components that we have to look at in order to understand how the House operates. And we don't have to go into all that. That's another right. complete <laughs> program in yes. itself. But, but, um, but our House rules are run aside from statute. 
Correct. We're not breaking any laws or RSAs by not having a hearing because we didn't suspend the rules. And we didn't suspend the rules because we didn't know what they were going to do. Right. Because of the history right. that we'd been through with them already for the whole term. That's correct. That's so, right. yep. Um, the legislature establishes its own rules. That's the most important part of the, of the conversation. We are able to establish whatever rules the majority, it's majority again, determines um, by vote um, to uh, uh, run the operation of the legislature. Um, you can't run afoul of, of the Constitution or statute, but, um, and someone will say, well, let's bring it to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court or the, or the Superior Court is not going to review a general court, which is what the legislature determination, because they've already said they have their own rules. Um, and uh, so it, it, it holds up that way. And uh, um, precedent means something. Precedent means something, absolutely. Yep. Now, now, we got through our last session. Yes, we and did. <laughs> we, we, we lost the vote on every one of the omnibus bills. Yes. Uh, there were some uh, Republicans that voted for some of the omnibus bills yes. for different reasons. Yes. Uh, a, a lot of Republicans didn't vote for anything because they were omnibus style bills and we had not had the opportunity to review any of it. That's correct. Um, now. Uh, and, and those who voted either way with that, in my opinion, were not wrong with their vote. If you voted for an omnibus bill because it, it had a, uh, an, a uh, section or an influence upon your town and you therefore now are voting for your constituents yes. and, and to represent them properly as you should. Um, and there were some that said, okay, I'm not going to do uh, any of the omnibus bills just because, uh, and it was the principle of it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's not an inappropriate stance either. That's not inappropriate. Yep. Right. right. Yep. And, and um, we, su we support each other in the votes that we take. Right. Uh, not, we don't always agree with each other. Uh, in, in either side of the legislature, right. uh, in either caucus, we don't always agree with each other. Right. Uh, but we still shake hands and come back and work with each other the next day. That's right. Uh, because we have uh, the work of the people at hand, and we have to get that done. That's right. Now, now we got through our June 30th session. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the end of the day that day, that was our last regular session day. That's correct. We have recessed to the call of the chair in both the House and the Senate. Um, and so the presiding officer can call us back at any time. Um, and um, the, the most um, pressing part will be to deal with the vetoes, which will be coming. Will, they will be coming. Yes. So there'll be a veto day or days um, coming up. It'll probably be day uh, in, in the fall. I'm going to guess it's going to be the week after um, the uh, primary election. So it's going to be somewhere around the 12th, 13th, 14th of September, something They're going like to give that. us all time to campaign. Yeah, they're going to give us time to campaign. <laughs> um, and, um, uh, and then there'll be a veto day 
Um, and, and so the uniqueness of the veto day is, uh, again, we've been recessed to the call of the chair. We have not been adjourned. So, um, and that's a very important distinction because if you adjourn, then activity, certain activities can't happen. Is dead. Right. Yep. So um, along the way, they're enrolling bills that we have acted upon. Um, and they'll um, go to the governor for his signature or his veto. Um, it will, and if he signs it into law, it becomes law um, upon the effective date of that legislation. Mm -hmm. um, and then the, uh, the vetoes will be coming up on um, what we call the veto day. Mm -hmm. And the majority of vetoes, uh, interestingly enough, are going to be uh, starting in the House. Because okay. if, if the bill um, that's being vetoed is a House bill, it starts in the House. Mm -hmm. If it's a Senate bill, it starts in the Senate. Interestingly enough, the House bills that the Senate put all of these amendments on, which were Senate bills, mm -hmm. are now part of a House bill. Mm -hmm. So that whole, you know, that could all get vetoed. That that whole Murphy's chowder. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. That whole Christmas tree that whole is Christmas. going to catch on fire. That's correct. <laughs> and and so um, that will come for veto day. And um, so vetoes, you need um, uh, two thirds present voting to uh, uh, overrule, overturn the governor's veto. So if you don't get the two thirds, then the veto is sustained. And, right. and our party has done a, f a very good job. Yes. Uh, last, during the first year of the term, we, we stuck together really well. Right. Uh, uh, there, were a, there were a couple of bills that were, two, two that, were, that had some different thoughts from some different members. Yes. Uh, and there were a couple of overrides that did happen. Right. Uh, but, but for 98% of the bills, our caucus stuck together, right. uh, and we were able to uh, sustain the vetoes with the governor. That's right. Uh, now he we did fifty-seven, um, and we sus we sustained um, uh, all but two. All but two. Yeah. Now, uh, are, do we know? Uh, we don't know yet how many are going to be coming down the pipe this time, but we right. think there's going to be more than a handful. Yes, there will. <laughs> Okay. Uh, yes, I know there will be. There, there, and I'm not going to ask for anything <laughs> right. else except that we know there will be more than a handful right. of, of vetoes coming from the governor's office. Right. By the time this airs, there'll have been three vetoes already. Wow. Okay. Yep. Uh, and they will continue to deliver bills to the governor's office through the summer months uh, and on into the fall to, so that we can stack them up for veto day for it to be brought back. Uh, to either sustain or override, however it happens. Now, um, then that's it for us for the year. Uh, and it's on to the general election. So we both have primaries come up, coming yes. up. Uh, yeah. And yeah. I didn't have a primary last time, yeah. um, but we have a primary this time. Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping that we're both going to make it through it. I think we're pretty confident that we're both going to make it through those primaries. Fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, fingers crossed. And then we move on to the general election. Yes. And, um, and we're, we're going to uh, pray for a majority takeover. Yes, yes we are. Uh, so that we can actually get the true work of the people done in, right. in the legislature. That's right. And it's very important that Republicans regain the majority again. Uh, because the governor is the only firewall we have right now. Because 
the Democrats have the majority in the Executive Council, in the Senate, and in the House. Um, and so it's lonely for the governor. Um, but there is a lot of legislation that is going to be vetoed that is a result of um, a radical agenda that the Democrats brought forward. Um, and we need to make sure that we have a Republican majority. I mean, just think about the businesses. You know, we tried to make sure that the business tax was at least frozen. I mean, I want to see it reduced, yes. but at least frozen. Um, and and we just slid right through that, didn't we? Well, well, so far. Yeah. But that's see, that's not over with yet. It won't be over until December when the audited financial statements are out, and you see where your right. the cash number is as well. Um, so, but you know, I want to be able to um, produce legislation for the business owners that is steady and predictable, so they can plan their future. Um, and when we tried, as you know, unsuccessfully um, on the uh, 30th to um, bring legislation forward, um, and you know the the majority leader stood up and said, "Ah, no, you don't have to do that." And, and uh, you know they're not making any business people are making decisions today, and business people today are also faced with the double whammy because they've had tremendous losses from what That's has right. been experienced from the COVID uh, pandemic. So we have to provide for them some sort of assurance, steady, predictable future so that they can plan accordingly. And that's just one example. And they, they need an avenue that is not going to be overly burdensome on them. Correct. Financially, right. financially the, last thing, the last thing that I could ever think about doing is when we're seeing these businesses struggling so hard to come out of this health crisis and they have all these restrictions that are still upon them right. and they're doing their best to keep their doors open, the last thing we need to do is give them a, a tax increase right. on the little money that they already have. That's correct. The little money that they're making right now to try right. to dig themselves That's right. out of this financial hole that is not their fault. Right. That's right. Uh, and I see that the majority side really would like to see those tax increases happen. Oh, of course. Yes, absolutely. And, and it's, the interesting anomaly is that we, it seems like every two years we're faced with uh, the Democrats want to increase the minimum wage. Uh, and, and, you know, they'll use the line of, oh, well, it has to be a livable wage and all of this. I'm in business. I understand mm -hmm. it. You pay based upon the market. Mm -hmm. And I don't know of any businesses out there right now that aren't paying above minimum wage in an effort to attract uh, good employees. That's correct. But you don't have to mandate what they must uh, pay as a minimum. And you know, I completely agree with that. I sit on the Labor Committee and all those minimum wage bills yep. come before us. Yep. And I've had the opportunity over the past couple of years to actually stand up at the well and talk to those. Right. Uh, issues in parliamentary inquiry mm -hmm. um, as my training ground there you uh, go. Uh, to speak at the well. Yep. Uh, and um, and I, was, I was very fortunate that uh, my, my, re my Republican, um, uh, our, our committee leader, yes. um, um, there's a word for it. I ranking member. Ranking member, I'm sorry. Yep. Uh, the, our Republican ranking member trusted me enough to do 
uh, several of these parliamentary inquiries yep. on several of these bills. But I agree with the fact that the market should determine where right. those wages should be placed. Right. And that after going out and speaking to business owners, not only in my district, but in many other districts that mm -hmm. I've visited, they're paying above that what that, that federal minimum. Right. They're paying above what they've wanted to put into mandated law. Mm -hmm. let's, let's let our business owners work it out with their employees and right. make that contract with their employees. Exactly. That's right. Well, uh, Mr. Leader, we have covered a lot of ground here well, today. Yes. And I am just thrilled to death to have you on this program, and I want to thank you so much for being here. I'm, I'm hoping that we didn't go too far into the weeds uh, for the viewers, I, I usually say if I can understand it, anybody can understand yep. <laughs> uh, And so that's why I wanted to have this conversation because you and I had this conversation previously. I thought it was important to bring out to the viewers so that they can understand the proceedings of the general court. And we sort of touched on the Senate side as well as yep. the House side. But to let everybody know that, you know, we have our rules, we, we work by our rules, and our rules have determined how these proceedings would develop. And there, there was no unconstitutionality in any of the proceedings. There might have been in one bill, but I'm going to put that over there to the side. Right. Uh, but, um, but we did what our rules allowed us to do. Mm -hmm. And we got through our session. Right. And we look forward to veto day. Amen. <laughs> Mr. Leader, thank you for being on oh, the program my, my so pleasure. much. Yes. Uh, I want to have you back here again. Sure. And we'll talk about some more things as we get on further through the year. Be my uh, pleasure. I'm going to be back, folks, in just a minute with an update from John, Sp John Spottiswood, our GOP uh, president here in the town of Pelham. Be right back. And we're back, and we have Mr. John Spottiswood here from the Pelham GOP, our fearless leader. Uh, John, uh, uh, what's going on at the GOP these Ooh. days? It's been, uh, it's been a while since we've had a program, so... Um, we're just now getting back into things. Tell us what's up. All right. Well, we, you know, we, we've stayed busy throughout the whole process. We did a lot of Zoom meetings and stuff like that. So that was good. You know, made a lot of phone calls. Um, that's always, you know, a good opportunity to reach the voters. So we've been, we've been staying busy that way. And uh, we were actually back to having in-person meetings you know, at a limited amount, um, you know, in space and all that stuff. But uh, starting this Monday, we're going to go back to our normal schedule of, of in-person meetings. We have a bunch of candidates coming. Uh, we have two meetings before the primary this Monday and then August 3rd, I believe, for the first Monday of August. So, And then the primary is on September the 8th. Yep. So we're going to so, get as much um, in as we can. So what are some of the activities that are going on around town right now with GOP? Well, we, uh, we have been doing a lot of sign waving. If people have maybe driven by and hopefully said nice things to us and waved. I've been, uh, I've been out there once. Yes, you have. Yep. So we, I, we, that's pretty good. We, we, we find that to be a very uh, fun and good way to get people I involved. You know, they can come out and they can support their candidates, uh, hold a sign if you want. So You know, I really, I really like those sign waves. Um, we go out there and there's quite a number of us that are out there on the, for the sign waves. Yep. Uh, lots of signs being held. And we get lots of honks from cars and people giving us thumbs up and yep. people uh, screaming to push on. And um, it's very, very seldom that anybody comes by with a bad attitude. Yep. Uh, so I think that we're able to get ourselves out there in front of everyone. Yeah, it's a great opportunity. It's, it's your First Amendment right to do that. And we, we encourage other people to do it as well. It's, it's fun. Now, I was able to attend uh, a couple of Zoom meetings 
uh, with the GOP uh, here in town while we were going through the health crisis. Yes. Uh, and, uh, and those seemed to work pretty good. We didn't have a whole lot of participation, mostly just core members, uh, but those seemed to work pretty good. Uh, and now we're going back to the in-person. I think we had one that was in-person, but we all had to sit at different tables. Correct. Uh, we were limited to 10 in the room. Uh, is this one going to be indoor or outdoor? This one we're planning on, weather permitting, is we're going to set up some tents outside. Okay. So we can have a little bit more room to work with and we're not, we're not all inside gathered together. And, you know, then we can at least have some the, more than the 10 person limit. And when is this GOP meeting happening? Uh, this one is actually this Monday, July 13th, 13th, I believe, yes, 7 p.m. And we actually bump that out a week because of the holiday yes. weekend. Uh, and then the next one will be on August the 3rd. 3rd? Monday, August 3rd, 7 okay. p.m. Okay, so that'll be our last big push before the primary. And the primary is going to be a doozy. Yes. Yep. So um, I know that all the candidates, uh, we, have, we actually have a Republican primary this year. We do. Uh, but uh, all the candidates have, are, are set and ready to go. Uh, so we'll see what happens at the ballot box. Yep. Um, and we'll be will there. there will there be door knocking? Where the, will there be anything like that going yes. on? Or how does that happen in coming out of this health crisis? Uh, I think it, that you know it's obviously up to people if they want to volunteer to do that. But the campaigns uh, are going back to door knocking. Um, the GOP is is door knocking. We'll we'll be doing some locally. Um, you know, if you're comfortable doing it. You know, but but at the same time, you got to be respectful of the people that you're you know that you're going to the door. You know, if they don't want you to, then be respectful of that. And I'm not I'm not a person that you normally wears a mask uh, for many different reasons. Um, but I think that when I'm out there door knocking this year, I will carry a mask with me, yep. uh, so that it can at least be around my neck if I knock on someone's door and they're alarmed, I can pull my mask up to talk to them. Correct. Um, and I think that shows respect uh, to uh, anybody who may be in some type of compromised situation because there still is a bit of the virus out there sure. and we, we all need to be careful. Yep. And you are entering their property, so you yep. should be respectful of that. We will have masks at our meeting. That was the idea of having it outside as well. We'll probably do it in August as well and it might be hot, but at least you're for people that aren't comfortable in cl inside of a closed quarters or inside of a building, uh, we thought outside at least we can spread people out a little bit more, make it a little bit more comfortable, and we will have masks, and we'll, we'll be respectful of that as well. Uh, are, there, are there any outdoor events other than uh, our GOP come up? Is there, I know that there is a machine gun shoot or something like that. There's a, sh a shoot coming up the, somewhere, right? The Hillsborough County Republican Committee is doing a machine gun shoot at the Lendonary Fishing Game. Uh, July 18th, Saturday, July 18th, that's coming up real quick. And they are doing their annual Lincoln-Reagan dinner on July 31st. I believe that's a Saturday. Um, and Senator Tom Cotton will be, the, will be the guest of honor that night. The guest of honor that night. Yep. Uh, I look forward to that event. Yep. That's they can be found on the, on, if, you're, if anybody's interested, they can go on the uh, Hillsborough County Republican Committee web, uh, Facebook page and buy tickets if they'd like. Well, that's, that's always a fun event, mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and the food's usually pretty good, too. Yes. It's, at Sky, <laughs> it's, at, it's closer this year. It's at Sky Meadow Country Club in Nashua. Oh, nice. Nice place. Very nice. That's a nice place. Yep. Yeah, so, so people, uh, July 18th, the Lincoln-Reagan dinner at Sky Meadow Country Club. Correct. Uh, and you can find the information for the event 
on the Facebook pages for the Hillsborough County Republican Committee. Correct. Committee. <laughs> I, it's, a lot, it's a lot to say. Um, well, good. Uh, John, uh, I, if there's nothing else that's coming up other than those, we got one more item? I got one more. One more, okay. All right. As far as on a, on a local level, uh, we are doing a fundraiser if people would like to contribute and help to see Republicans get elected in Pelham and Hudson and District 37. This will be a District 37 fundraiser. And we, we're working with the Hudson GOP. Uh, we've combined to, to, to put a raffle together, some really neat prizes. There's, a, there's a, like one ticket for $10, four tickets for 20 25 tickets for 100 Okay. But uh, we'll have that up posted soon, and we're working on where you can purchase tickets uh, through Anadot online or text. Nice. And so nice. it'll be set up real yeah, so, soon. So people can see what the raffle is online yep. and, and, uh, All kinds and of buy tickets online. Yep. Nice. A lot of Very gift nice. cards for local businesses and stuff like that. So really, That's really, really good. Yep. Um, you know, in, in, this, in this year when so many people are out of work, uh, we have the highest unemployment uh, we've ever had in the state of New Hampshire. Uh, and, um, you know, just thousands and thousands of people filing for unemployment. Um, and businesses that were shut down with no revenue for at least a couple of months, if not more than a couple of months. Um, Sometimes it's, it's hard to get money out of people. Yep. But if you want the right people elected, we've got, we've got to be able to fund those people so that they can win their office. Yep. And we just appeal to everybody out there to um, look for this raffle to come out and support locally for Pelham and Hudson for District 37 so that we can back our Republicans. Yep. We'll have it on the Pelham uh, GOP Facebook page, and we'll have t tickets for in per you know, uh, you know, to purchase as well in person. Awesome. Very good. Well, does that do it? Yep. All right. Well, John, thank you for being here. Always. And folks, thank you so much. This was our journey back into doing this program after being away for several months for our health crisis. As that winds down and we get back into a normal way of living, this show will be brought back to you every month. Uh, we look forward to you watching, and we look forward to bringing it to you. We'll see you later. We'd like to thank each and every one of you for tuning in to today's program. Each month, we'll bring you new information about legislation that's being proposed in our state capitol. If you'd like to find us or comment on our program, contact us on Facebook at Granite's Edge. We also have a YouTube channel by the same name. Links that were mentioned in our program today will be listed there for your convenience. Tune in next time to Granite's Edge.